is of Greek descent because they're saying things to you like, that's the way life is. They never promised you a rose garden. This is very helpful stuff. But for some reason, it upsets you. And you say to this person, look, would you, would you put that down, please? Put that down and listen to what I'm saying because I'm going to tell you this one more time. And all of us actually tell it to them one more time. And as you're listening yourself, it don't even sound that bad to you. Now, the question is, why are you having such difficulty communicating with someone that's so close to you? Because it's difficult for us to verbalize the how. We come from a society where if you can't quantify something, we act like it has no independent existence. If you can't program it, forget about it. And because it's very difficult to put the how into words, we tend to think it's of no importance. But I say to you that the how, the means, really make the difference. Let me share with you another example. A person, someone that we have all been exposed to for at least eight years. I am referring to the former president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. In my lifetime, he is the only president who came to office popular and left even more popular. Now, the question is, how did this guy do it? Do you believe it was the result of his policies and programs? Are you kidding me? We're not even sure what they were. No, Reagan was popular primarily because of his style. And what was Reagan's style? It was the quintessential American how. He had characteristics that all of us in the United States certainly can relate to. Now, why do I say this? Because over 160 years ago, a French sociologist by the name of de Tocqueville came to the United States, traveled around, met with Americans, and then proceeded to write books telling us about ourselves. Now, this is kind of interesting. How come he told us about ourselves? Why don't we figure it out? Because it's hard for me to know me. It's hard for us to know ourselves, and it takes an outsider to explain us to us. Now, what did the Tocqueville say about Americans? He said Americans have three unique characteristics that aren't found elsewhere. Number one, Americans like things simply put. We believe in good and bad, right and wrong. Hey, you're for me, you're against me. Americans are a highly moralistic people. We do not believe in gradations, nuances, and subtleties. Now, why are we this way? Well, presumably, it could be our topography, the vast differences that exist within our country. Also, in recent generations, it's been the motion pictures which shaped our values. President Reagan and I saw the same movies. Not the movies that appear today, but our movies were rather simplistic. In fact, my wife and I used to go to the movies in the middle. 
In other words, we, we didn't call the theater and find out when the picture would start. We didn't look at the newspaper. We walked right into a movie house. Our children are bewildered by this. Well, how, how do you know what's going on? It was very simple. There were two horses outside a saloon, a good horse and a bad horse, and everything followed from that. Nowadays, things are different. I go to a movie, I see Meryl Streep, and I don't even recognize it's her. People have to tell me months later that I saw her in that particular role. Robert De Niro seems to expand and contract before my eyes. Dustin Hoffman, you don't even know gender. But Ronald Reagan, like me, comes from a simple era where things were rather clear-cut. And so Reagan sees the world through that particular paradigm. He is also a master at framing issues. Do you remember when we had the air traffic controller strike, the PATCO strike? I happened to, at the time, receive a telephone call from a top official in that union who asked me, Herb, how long do you think the strike will last? And I said to him, hey, probably forever. The reason I said that was these people made every possible mistake that could be made in that situation. They hit every rut on that road. The only way to do that was to double back. And the single biggest mistake they made was they let Reagan frame the issue. And he did, in his own simplistic, unique fashion. He asked the American people, is it okay for a government employee to violate a sacred oath, to strike against the interests of all Americans in violation of the law of the land. Huh? How's anybody going to win on that issue? The man has wrapped himself in the American flag, apple pie, and a hot lunch for orphans. And from that moment on, Patco is perceived as a greedy kamikaze union. And for people who essentially are supposed to know about collision avoidance, they didn't really apply it well to the collective bargaining process. The second thing that Tocqueville told us about Americans is that Americans, by nature, are an optimistic people. Americans believe as an article of faith that all problems can be solved in our lifetime and all obstacles can be overcome. We are the only country in the history of this world that has ever declared war against poverty. Poverty has been in existence since the beginning of time. Not only did we declare war against it, we had a deadline for knocking it off, three years, and then presumably we would do something else. Al Smith, the presidential candidate, once remarked, Americans don't eat umbrellas, we walk in eternal sunshine. Over a decade ago, there was a popular song from a Broadway musical, the song was called Tomorrow It Came From Annie, and it had these lyrics. You, you may recall this. It said, the sun will come up tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. That record sold in North America almost three million copies. Total overseas sales for that were 19. They didn't even know what it was about. This is the essential mistake that Jimmy Carter made. You may recall he came down from the mountain entered his malaise period, and decided to take political advice, probably from Howard Cosell or someone, because he decided to tell it like it is. And he told it to the American people, hey, look, let me give it to you straight. Your future is behind you. You're going to be the first generation whose standard of living will be lower than that of your parents. 
As far as owning your own home is concerned, don't count on it. Because interest rates are out of control. You know, there are so many variables involved, we can't get a handle on this. And when it comes to educating your children, by the time they're ready to go to college, well, beyond that, the costs will be prohibitive. So, vote for me. Not a good approach with this particular constituency. Reagan, on the other hand, for eight years, the man was optimistic. The man was ebullient. The man was congenial. The man was self-assured. The man was happy. And realistically, he never had a right to be that enthusiastic. Why do I say that? Well, look, two months into office, there's an assassination attempt. They almost killed the guy. His wife, whom he loves dearly, had a mastectomy. Members of her family that he was very close to died off while he was in office. Reagan had and still has cancer in various parts of the body. He still goes in monthly to the hospital, and they snip off a little piece of his nose. But more than that, he has the four worst children you could wish on any parent. Now, despite all this, for eight years, the man was upbeat, and the man was enthusiastic. I know this personally because I used to travel a great deal. I would come home from overseas on Friday, turn on the TV set, anxious to get the national news. And on Friday, on every network, the first six minutes were devoted to Reagan walking to a helicopter. I didn't know where he went in the helicopter, but nevertheless, he'd go to a helicopter. Turn on my set. No matter what was going on in the world, good, bad, or indifferent, Reagan was the one constant in my life. There he was on that screen. He was happy. He was smiling. He was upbeat. He was waving. Right. Not a great week for me in America. A man with a very old face and very young miracle hair was moving along to a helicopter, and he was always followed by a woman being pulled by a dog. Then he would stop short of the helicopter to take a question from the omnipresent Sam Donaldson who I personally felt was chained to him. Now, how did you know it was Sam? Ronald Reagan would tell you. He'd go, yes, Sam. Now, this in itself was a miracle, because Reagan was hard of hearing. By his second year in office, he was wearing a double hearing aid. The man could not hear, which, by the way, accounted for his congeniality. No matter what everyday told him, he went, all right, the guy didn't hear anything. Right? But Reagan would say, yes, what is it, Sam? No one saw Sam. Who knew if Sam was even there? He'd pause, and then he'd start to answer the question. And in the midst of his answer, the helicopter blades would go on, and psh, the guy would be spirited away. But all of this gave the American people really a good feeling. The third thing that Tocqueville told us about Americans is that Americans have always believed this is a populist nation. The way to run for office is to run against Washington, D.C., even if you're from Washington, D.C., which, by the way, makes it a little tricky. But nevertheless, you've got to carry that off. Americans don't like elitists. Americans don't like experts. You know, people that know more and more about less and less till they eventually know everything about nothing. We do not like people who talk to us in a didactic, dogmatic way. We don't like people who are sanctimonious who patronize us, who are condescending. We like regular folk, people who even mess up 
as long as they own up to messing up. In fact, that humanizes them in our own eyes. No one understands this concept better than Ronald Reagan. He never represented himself to the American people as an expert. But there was a time when Ronald Reagan got into big trouble. You remember when the Iran-Contra affair occurred? Well, I was in the Beltway at the time, and the print media people took after him. They said, we got the son of a gun now. There's only one or two possibilities. Number one, the man is actively involved orchestrating criminality. Or two, the man is a complete incompetent because he's unaware of what is even going on around him. And we waited for Reagan to choose between those two. And for some reason, he didn't. He just kind of kept walking around, waving, smiling. He was oblivious. He seemed to be in a time warp. And then the print people, the media, got him in close. They tried to get him on camera. And remember, he had laryngitis for 12 days. He couldn't speak. He was mouthing words. Then Reagan appointed the Tower Commission. Well, he certainly couldn't talk while they were doing their investigation. And then Congress helped him out. The Joint Committee of Congress conducted an inquiry into this matter. Certainly it would be inappropriate for him to explain during this period of time. And finally, all of this took about 15 months. And I recall hearing that Ronald Reagan finally would go on TV to explain what happened. I was excited. I'm thinking, oh, this is an hour and a half speech. I'm sitting in front of my TV set. I've got 12 pads of paper. I got 42 sharpened pencils. I'm excited. But once again, I'm suckered in. You may recall what happened. The president comes walking down that hallway, steps up to that podium, and tells his constituency what happened. He looks into that camera and says, I remember. I didn't know whether I knew and I forgot, or maybe I didn't even know. What was amazing to me about that was the reaction of the American people. People didn't even get upset. They said things like, well, you can't know everything that's going on. I mean, give the guy a break. He's getting kind of old. In fact, what Reagan did was he hit on an American chestnut. Hey, this was still the land of opportunity. Anybody could be president around here. And so it was Reagan's style, his how, that really helped him so much in achieving his goals, not necessarily mine or yours, but certainly his. And it helped him relate to the American people. Now, I'm not primarily concerned about Ronald Reagan as a 